Welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. I am really excited for this week's episode, and it's actually going to be something different than I've done in the past. So, this week's episode, I am resharing a podcast I did with my friends Jesse Fritz and Ben Fritz. I was on Jesse's podcast called The Chronically Healing Podcast, and if you haven't heard of her show, I definitely recommend checking it out. I will have it linked in the show notes, but I thought this was such a great conversation and such an important conversation. We talked about how so many highly sensitive people have struggled with chronic illness of some sort. I personally experienced severe digestive issues a few years back. And as you'll hear me talk about in this episode, it's really what led me into the work that I'm doing today. And Jesse and Ben have both struggled with chronic illness themselves. So if you have had any health struggles, if you're still on that journey, this is going to be such an insightful and helpful episode for you. So I really wanted to make sure that I spread this message far and wide. And before we get into the episode, one last thing. Keep your eye out because I am going to be sharing a bonus episode this week. It will be coming out on Thursday. So I'm going to do bonus episodes every now and again when it feels good. And I'm really excited about this one. So stay tuned. If you're not subscribed yet, definitely subscribe to the show because then that way you will be notified anytime there's a new episode. So stay tuned for Thursday. But I really, really hope you enjoy today's episode, and if you like what you hear, please share it on Instagram, take a screenshot, tag me and Jesse and Ben in your stories. We would really, really love it. Thank you so much, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jessie. Welcome back to the show today. Instead of Christina, she couldn't make it today. So I have my husband, Ben Fritz, as my co-host. So this could be very interesting. Say hi. Hey, guys. What's up? (laughs) Yeah. So Ben and I are actually going to be talking to our friend, Alyssa Boyer. I'm super excited to have you here today. And um, so why don't we jump right in? Why don't you tell the listeners of the podcast who you are and a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm super excited to be here with you guys. It feels like fun, like just hanging out since we're all friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Alyssa. I, I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. I really, I know we'll get into my, my journey, but I really came to this place through um, going through a chronic illness myself. I suffered severe digestive issues and that whole experience, yeah, led me down the road I'm on now. I was working a very stressful corporate job, got really Mm -hmm. burnt out, got really sick, which is probably a story a lot of people can relate to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love working with highly sensitive, empathic people. I find that a lot of sensitive people deal with the same types of struggles, lots of anxiety, lots of people have chronic illness, um, people pleasing, Mm -hmm. self-worth things. So because of my own journey, I'm really passionate now about helping other HSPs, highly sensitive people learn how to really thrive and feel good in their skin. Yes. 
I love that. So before we get too deep, can you just explain what a highly sensitive person is to people that might not, they might be like, is it just someone that cries all the time? Like, what does that mean? And then also maybe like a few telltale signs of what an HSP could be. Yeah. So yeah, a highly sensitive person is somebody who has the trait sensory processing sensitivity. That's actually the scientific terminology for it. Being a highly sensitive person is a trait. It's not like a diagnosis. It's not something you have to go to the doctor for. I always like explain it like somebody's an introvert or an extrovert. Like Mm -hmm. you may be highly sensitive. You're just wired differently. So highly sensitive people have nervous systems that are more sensitive. So we're simply going to be more impacted by the world around us. Mm-hmm. Some telltale signs that you might be highly sensitive, you're likely more sensitive to like lights in your environment. If something's really bright, you're going to notice you're more sensitive to smells, to, you know, the way fabric feels, you're going to be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yes, a lot of highly sensitive people are going to be more emotional, but that is not like what being a highly sensitive person necessarily means, but it is part of the trait mm-hmm. simply because you're just we're processing on a deep level. We're noticing everything. We feel very deeply. And so we are just very like emotionally connected to the world around us. So those are some, some ways you can kind of tell there's a, a self test you can take on the website, hsperson.com. Mm-hmm. And there it's like a quiz out of 27 questions and you just see where you rank. So I'm 24 out of 27 on the like HSP scale. Mm, I have to take that. I didn't even know that existed. It's interesting. I remember the first time Ben told me that I, he's like, I think that you're an HSP. I was like, no, because I'm like, you know, we don't need to go into it today, but there's a lot of like trauma in my past and emotions are something that I used to like completely not allow myself to feel. So I was like, I am not sensitive. Um, or I almost took being sensitive as like week. But then when it was explaining it, when he was explaining it to me, I was like, particularly like textures, like, uh, like fabrics has always been like a huge thing for me. I'm very particular and like, I'm very sensitive to light. And so like those types of sensitive sensitivities, I was like, Oh, okay. And then when I started going through like therapy and worked on the emotional issues that I had, then my emotions came back and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This, this fits for me entirely. <laughs> yeah. And for yeah. you too, you've always really noticed like, like noticing subtleties in your environment right. is one of the tra- of like parts of the trait. And like, I've always seen that in you, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be like, we'd be on dates and like, you would feel everybody in the restaurant and you'd be like, not to put you on blast, but you'd be like, yeah, I didn't hear anything you said because I'm, I'm like feeling this conversation in the corner and I'd be like, what the fuck dude? Like, (laughs) but, but so like you were just so aware of those things. And then just really quickly before I throw it back to Alyssa here, um, the other thing I just wanted to note that all three of us have in common, and we've kind of discussed it a little bit is because you mentioned sensitivity as like a quote unquote weakness is we're, we all have seen ourselves as like strong individuals and we are all high achievers. And so I think that very, very much plays into this piece that we're going to talk about today. So I just kind of wanted to like throw that in there and highlight that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like important to note because a lot of times you may hear highly sensitive person and think of somebody who's just like, quote unquote, weak, like scared of the world, like crying all the time. And it's like, no, that's definitely not the case, which is like one reason too. I'm so passionate about like breaking this down the stigma of sensitivity too, because it's like a lot of highly sensitive people are actually very high achieving and very, you know, want to do big things in the world. And so we just tend to need a little bit more support with that because we need to learn how to like take care of our, our nervous systems and the other thing too, like for like how Ben was explaining how it is for you, Jesse, where you were like very aware of like the people around you and their energy. I mean, that's like such a huge, like sensitive person thing. And like, that's like such a gift that we can kind of hone, like mm. having that intuitive sense and just like being able to pick up on like body language and, you know, have re- having really good emotional intelligence. Like those are other things about the trait that are are pretty awesome when we lean into it and know how to use it. 
Yeah. I remember, um, I was an event planner for a while and it was a compliment that I got quite often, which was, I made everyone feel comfortable immediately because I remember I would be standing at my events and I would just scan the room and I could just tell, I could feel the people that needed someone to go and talk to them or someone to be introduced or whatever. And, and it like made me very good at that job. But on the flip side of that, on, you know, some of these extremely like stressful jobs, like I know we can talk a little bit about your corporate job, like you were mentioning, um, I was like so overwhelmed because again, I could feel everyone else's emotions. And when you're in these extreme, like stressful environments, like I used to work, yeah, I used to work in an ad agency, you know? So like, you know, I had like 30 clients and I had to be not 30, I had 13, but you know, (laughs) I had 13 clients and I had to be working all the time. And like, my boss was always pissed off about something. And it was just like super stressful. It's actually the whole reason I left my last job because there was just so much toxicity and just, I couldn't. I couldn't even function in my job anymore because I was just so on edge and tense all the time from all of the toxicity that you can just feel, I feel like, but I like, I know that, why don't you tell us like how you found out that you are an HSP? Because I know that kind of ties into your experience with, with some chronic issues. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I had the the stressful corporate job and it did not start out that way. Like just a little backstory. I, I grew up in the Midwest. And then when I was 22, I got a, I was just applying for jobs all over the country. I didn't care where I landed. I was like, whatever, let's just see what happens. And I ended up getting this really like cool opportunity out in Southern California for an internship at this corporate retail company. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I moved. Like I had three weeks notice. I moved. I built a life here. I had no friends here. And it was like really exhilarating and intense. And it was around that time that I started getting like these stomach issues. Um, And I had never, I had never really had stomach problems before. I've always been like, my friends would make fun of me because I would just eat whatever I wanted and no repercussions. I was just like junk food. Like I did not care. I did not think about my health, nothing, nothing impacted that Midwestern me. food. I mean, <laughs> it's different oh than my. Southern California food. <laughs> so much. And I was like chip dip fanatic. Like right. I would always have a thing of Dean's chip dip in my college fridge. <laughs> yeah. So that was like my thing. And so moved out to California, continued to eat how I liked to eat, but things started changing. I started getting stomach issues and it was kind of weird. So I went to see a doctor and they were telling me, oh, just try like cutting out gluten, cutting out dairy, which was like really hard for me, but I gave it a shot. Um, And, you know, it it worked for a while, but then the stomach issues would come back and it was like really puzzling for me. I'm like, what's going on? And meanwhile, I'm I'm working this job, which first starts out amazing. Like it's super fun. Like I'm making lots of friends. I'm like, it's a really cool experience, but after about a year there, the sales started plummeting at the, at the company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever that happens, there's tons of stress, finger pointing, things like that. And it started to get really intense. And for me, I've, like I said, like high achiever, like I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted to impress my boss. And like, also I, I needed to like make more money in order to have a living, like sustainable living in Southern California. So I was very driven, Mm -hmm. but it, it started to get really hard because I was feeling fatigued and sick all of the time. I was like pushing myself to work these long, crazy hours because that's what everyone was doing around me. People like glorified coming in at 7am and leaving at 8pm, not taking a lunch. And so that was really the culture plus like yelling you'd go into a business review and people are like what happened and I was just like terrified of getting yelled at I would drive to work on Monday mornings and my stomach would just be in knots like I was terrified so how this relates then the stomach issues continued to get worse I was starting to see other gastroenterologists because the pain was getting worse cutting out the gluten and dairy wasn't helping I was trying to cut out other foods, nothing was really working and making a difference. And it started getting to a point where I was like, I would drink water and I would be, my stomach would burn and I would like be like burping. And I'm like, what is going on? Like nothing made sense. 
saw three different gastroenterologists. I remember one doctor telling me like, it's all in your head. Like you just need to don't be so stressed out. And I remember just crumbling, crying to my mom on the phone. I was alone here. Like, what am I doing? So after like seeing three different doctors, um, I, the last one I saw, actually, she told me about this thing called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. She's like, I think you might have this. I'm like, okay. She gives me this breath test. And sure enough, I, I had it. And I was like elated. I'm like, yes, here's the answer. Like, I, I know what I have. She gave me this antibiotic. I thought for sure this was the cure. I did the round of antibiotics and I was still sick mm-hmm. and I was just like devastated. So I remember it was maybe a week after that I was at work. I drank like a carrot orange juice thing and all of a sudden went to the bathroom, like threw up blood and cried to my boss, which I never cried. I never like asked to go home. And I was like, I need to go home. He's like, okay, go. And so that was the day I went on Yelp. I typed in SIBO doctor and a holistic doctor popped up to the top. I had never been into holistic healing, grew up in the Midwest, like yeah, right. this wasn't a thing. <laughs> what <laughs> <And> is so, <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I went to see this doctor and I knew like, as soon as I walked into his office, I'm like, this is it. Like he mm-hmm. had these like astrology books and this like calming, like waterfall thing. And I was like, wow, this is like so different. So long story short, like I started working with him and this was the time that I learned I was an HSP somehow my mom had found the book, the highly sensitive person by Dr. Elaine Aaron. She's Mm -hmm. the researcher who like coined the term. So I read that book and it was like everything in my life made sense. Like it was explained everything about me. And in working with this holistic doctor, he was explaining to me that a big part of my digestive issues were my emotional stress. Mm -hmm. It was because I was in such a stressful environment and i later understood that because I'm so sensitive and because my nervous system is just so reactive, that's why that toxic environment and like moving across the country and like being broke, like all of these things were like impacting my, my body and contributing to these digestive issues. So stop there. Cause I know I just said a lot. No, no, no. And I think that's so, first of all, I want to say that I feel like everybody that I bring on this podcast, maybe not everybody, but almost everybody ends up getting to the point where doctors aren't helping them and they have to take it into their own hands, whether they see a holistic healer or, or doctor, or they just like figure stuff out on their own, because it's just so often that we're kind of silenced. Um, but one thing that I want to bring up that you're, you're bringing up is that stress thing, because I think this, that stress thing. Um, so like, I feel like so many doctors, even like normal, regular, you know, general practitioner doctors are like, oh yeah, like don't be stressed and you'll feel better. And it's just like this blanket term that even people without chronic illness are given, or even like Benjamin, you know, had people just tell him like, oh, it's just anxiety. Like you're just anxious. And it's like, no, or like, if it is stress, like, what can I do about it? So like, do you, was there anything that your doctor helped you with or like, how did you start to learn to manage that stress and, and kind of move forward from that? Yeah. So working with my holistic doctor was great because we, he, we worked through my emotional stresses together. So really my protocol for healing was like uh, supplements, a very specific diet, and then working on my emotional stressors. Like, I think at first I was seeing him every week or every other week. And he has this technique, it's called, it's N-E-T and it's like neuro emotional something. I have to look it up. I should remember, Mm -hmm. but I don't. And basically he would work with, he would like do muscle testing on me. It sounds kind of out there, but it was really cool. So I'd lay on the table and he would push on my arm and like push a part of my stomach. And we would get to the root of what subconscious issue was affecting my, my digestive issues. It would be like liver. Oh, you're feeling bitter. What is the bitterness related to? And we would go deep. And I, this was my first introduction to like working with the subconscious. I had no idea. And like, it was blowing my mind. I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. And I would start to feel lighter every time I left his office, which was, I was, it was amazing. And so I started getting really 
interested in like learning about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I would leave his appointments and I would journal everything I had learned. And so this, like that experience got me into reading self-help books. Um, I learned, I heard that meditation was helpful. Like my doctor, he's actually, he's like, I don't, I actually don't sit and meditate. I just don't like to meditate. I'm like, okay. But he's like, you can try that. And for me, I liked meditating. I tried it. It was really helping. Mm -hmm. So those were like my main things. It was journaling and meditation. And I was like finding that I was starting to feel so much better doing these things. Plus as like a sensitive person, I think a lot of times we tend to enjoy being introspective. And Mm so it was like kind of fun for me because I was seeing that I was feeling better. I was learning about myself. So that was like huge. Like that's when my anxiety really started to decrease because also I think when my stomach was really messed up and when I was really ill, you know, it's like, if your body feels off, like you just feel off and you just feel anxious. And so that all, I think the physical also started to kind of help as well you know eating eating less sugar that was huge for me things like that like were actually also impacting uh my my anxiety and stress right and SIBO I mean I was diagnosed with SIBO and I've gone through two protocols of like the diet and the um like antibiotic type things and supplements and all that stuff and and I definitely like what am way better than I was, but I don't think, I still think that mine flares. Um, but I haven't done truthfully, which we can talk about my, um, experience in a little bit, but I want to talk about yours if you have anything to talk about Ben, but, um, but yeah. And I think for me, a lot of it is because the like emotional nervous system healing has been like the last thing on my list. I've always, because I grew up, you know, where I was like, okay, I have a headache. I'm going to take ibuprofen. I have a, (laughs) I have a toothache. I'm going to go to the dentist and take whatever they give me. So like, I just never like wanted to look inward, but do you have anything? Well, I guess like in regards to that, and it was like kind of coming up for me when you were talking, Alyssa is that may work for the, the non HSP individual, like taking ibuprofen. Yeah get back to my day and like be on track. And that's cool. Now I still believe that that's, it's not actually a deeply beneficial thing because, you know, you should, any human should always be trying to look to the root to th- of things so that they can move forward with that. But coming back to us as HSPs, like doing that is, is necessary. Like we can't just have that blanket like thing or that like popping a pill thing Mm -hmm. and like we're we've all experienced it's not we didn't jump into this world because we are woo woo right we're woo woo because (laughs) we were forced into this world in a sense as hsps well i've always been woo woo true uh (laughs) but like my so so my experience and just from like a quick high level is like I've always been very logical, analytical, mm-hmm. and I've always thought, you know, like Alyssa, you were talking about your experience with the subconscious techniques with the, the muscle tension and, and the muscle testing. And like, that was always like that kind of thing to me. I would always be like, this is the stupidest shit ever. Like, this is just, it's so dumb. Like, don't get me in here with your like energy work. And, <laughs> and it's still, I mean, even like, as I've been on this journey, it's still been hard for me to release some of those things. But the thing that is just a truth for us as HSPs is this is how our systems are. Mm. Energy affects us. And so those modalities are often going to help us probably more than the average individual or non-HSP individual as well. Mm. So the, the last thing I'll say here is that, and Alyssa, this is why I love what you do so much is because we can't, or it's very difficult to get to a point where we can be really empowered about like working with these things until we come to the point of accepting and embracing this part of ourselves, Mm. because a, if we don't know it, it's going to make things really, really hard because we're always going to be comparing ourselves to like what the normal person in quote, in quotes Mm. does. Uh, 
but it's also going to leave us feeling bad about ourselves and shameful. And again, bringing this back to this, uh, the thing that we talk about being like weak or strong or like what those words mean. Uh, so it's really, really important. We understand that this is just a part of how our systems are and embracing that is so huge. And I feel like I've had like multiple layers of that (laughs) along my journey. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a key, key part of this for sure. Oh my gosh, definitely. So yeah, a couple of things that I want to share on this, like one, something that was like so insane that really highlights how much our emotions and our environment and things like that impact us as highly sensitive people. So like my doctor was huge on, you know, he was like, I had to be on a very specific diet. I had to be on supplements. Like there was like a bacterial overgrowth issue, but it was also a lot of my emotions. So like, you know, when you have a chronic illness, you're kind of like on edge, you're scared of a flare up. You're like nervous Mm -hmm. about it. And I would go into a kitchen and I would automatically assume that I was going to get sick and I didn't know what to eat. I was going to get sick. And so I would give myself a stomach ache right as I walked into the kitchen because I was so scared. Mm -hmm. But at the height of my issues, I had maybe been working with my doctor for one month. I had my best friend's wedding in the Midwest to go home for. And I was like, I was on a very strict diet, no grains, no sugar, nothing. But at her wedding, I was like, screw it. I had a cupcake. I ate mac and cheese. I didn't, nothing bad happened to me. I was Mm -hmm. literally completely fine. And I was just at ease. I imagined myself digesting it with no problem. I was like, I'm going to be fine. I like mentally told myself that. And I literally was fine and it was crazy. And I came back to my doctor and told him, and he always uses that example to share with his patients because he's like, this is like, you know, it's, it's like natural for us to feel scared and nervous and like triggered, but he's like, this is like a perfect example of like Mm -hmm. the environment that you're in and the way, you know, you're how stressed you are, things like that are very much going to have an impact on your digestion. And another thing that I had learned too, in working with him, like one of the first appointments, he, he asked me, do you want to heal? Like, do you want to get well? I was like, yeah, (laughs) of course. And he did the test and it was not true. Like there was a part of me that did not want to get well because I had always been, as a kid, I had a lot of ear infections. I got sick very easily all the time. Like, I mean, I'm sure part of it was because I was eating like crap, (laughs) but that was like part of my identity. And he told me that actually a lot of the people he worked with, like at first subconsciously don't want to, and also like don't believe they can because maybe Mm -hmm. it's just never been possible. So it was really interesting because those things were just like mind blowing to me and kind of like showed the, the ways that we block ourselves at times and the things that impact us. Like it's, you know, it's so much more than just like food and supplements. It's so much mental, emotional, nervous system. Um, And then just like on the HSP thing, I was going to say like, Ben, like how you're saying, like, we often feel weak and like, oh my gosh, like, why can't I do what those people do? And I definitely struggled with that. But something that I have found like really cool about being sensitive is like, we're literally forced to be so in touch with our bodies. Like Mm -hmm. we can't just like eat crap. We can't just like get, you know, two hours of sleep unless you have a new puppy, like you have (laughs) to like (laughs) take really good care of yourself. And so we get to know ourselves really well. We tend to be really Mm self-aware. And to me, I'm like, it kind of would have been like a bummer to just go through life and be like, you never have to be that introspective. Like you're just missing out on a lot. So I love, I love that shift of looking at it in that way too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, so first of all, I guess we should, I should have said this in the beginning, but not everyone with chronic illness, autoimmune disease, any of that is going to be an HSP and not every HSP is going to have chronic illness, but there is this correlation. I mean, even just the three of us, um, have had chronic ill. I mean, I have an autoimmune disease. Ben has, we don't even know what the heck yours is, but he's had chronic illness issues. And then you've had this, these gut issues. And, and I know at least personally for me, 
I don't think that being an HSP necessarily triggered my autoimmune disease, but I definitely think that it was a piece of it. So with autoimmune, there is usually a trigger. You usually have the gene or, you know, it's, it's lying dormant in you, not all autoimmune disease, obviously, but for Hashimoto specifically, and a lot of times it needs to be triggered by something. And that's what that, um, that root causes that we talk about on the podcast a lot. And for a lot of people, it is like a trauma, a stress or, you know, a consistent stressor, like what you're talking about here. And for me, I don't necessarily know that like the, that the being an HSP is like, like that part of it is what triggered my autoimmune disease, but I can tell you for sure that it is something that makes it worse. So just meaning when I am not feeling in alignment with myself or with when I am not taking care of myself in that, like, um, like in that, like woo woo, or like, you know, just taking care of yourself emotionally and mentally versus only just taking supplements and seeing the doctor and getting the blood work. Like if I, which I I'll be honest, I think I'm, I've kind of been in that pattern now for, for the last couple of years, I've really struggled connecting to that mental, emotional side of myself. Um, and I've been trying to physically change myself. I've been trying to lose weight. I've been doing all the strict diets. I've been doing all the strict supplements. I've been taking all the medications and I just keep gaining weight. I just keep feeling worse with my autoimmune uh, symptoms, with my fatigue, with all of this stuff that comes with Hashimoto's. And I, believe. And I know Ben really believes that a lot of it is this, like, it's almost just like my nervous system and like my, my mental emotional is just shot at this point. And I haven't been taking care of it. And, and so I just want to like say that for people out there who are listening, not everyone that's listening right now is necessarily in a highly sensitive person. And that does, that's not a good or bad thing. But for those of you that are listening and are like, holy shit, this sounds like me. Alyssa and a lot of like reading things about being an HSP can be really helpful. And some of these things may even help, like maybe not heal you, but help you feel better, which I think we're all looking for. Right. All right. I am popping in with a very brief interruption because I have something exciting to share. Black Friday is this week. If you're listening to the podcast, on the week that it comes out. Black Friday is on Friday, November 26th, and I have got an awesome deal for you. My signature program, the Highly Sensitive and Soulful Membership, will be open for just a few days starting on Black Friday. I wasn't planning to reopen the membership until 2022. I only open the membership a few times a year, and so this is a big deal. I would love for you to get in on the membership. If you're interested, if you're looking for that community of other highly sensitive souls, if you're looking for a place to really learn and grow and be with other people like you, this is the place to do it. It's really a learning community for highly sensitive people. And I'm obsessed. I love the people in it. I love creating exclusive content for members. It's my favorite place. So if this is interesting to you, definitely take advantage of this opportunity. Like I said, the doors will be open to the membership starting on Friday, November 26th, and it will be open for just a few days. Just a hot tip, if you're on the wait list, the membership wait list, there will be a special deal. Tap the link in the show notes to get on the membership wait list. If you're listening to this episode after the 26th, you can also click the link to join the membership. I am so excited to see you in there. Yeah, if I can jump in real quick here, I just want to say like, yes, to that point, that's kind of like what I was saying before too, is like, it's so, it's like, and I don't know. So I, I think of things in terms of like our path, like our, you know, so when we're talking about like being in alignment, us as an individual, a soul, an energy, our life force, like whatever there, there's like a path 
And so when we're living in this other way, we're like way knocked off that path. Yeah. And so even by learning about these things, by, you know, listening to what Alyssa has to share about being an HSP, like all those things are, they just like immediately kind of like knock you closer into alignment because you're not trying to be something you're not. And you're also not experiencing shame for being Mm. something that you're not, you're able to that, you know, this is like a kind of like a collective little T trauma that all HSPs have experienced in their childhoods is not being seen and heard for mm. who they really are. Mm. And that's not because our caregivers were bad people. Right. It's just that there, you know, there hadn't been this basis of knowledge before. And so that, that, that part of it is just so huge, like being able to, uh, see and hear ourselves and like know that we are valid our experience is valid is a huge step as you said like Mm. in the direction of healing so that was my first comment and one other thing I want to throw in here and Alyssa then I just kind of uh, want to throw this to you to respond and kind of take this where you feel good is with all this in mind one of the things that I've really come to know that I pushed away for a while still because of this like being strong thing, or I want to be quote unquote normal thing (laughs) is that self-care things, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, literally all across the board, they are not optional for us. Mm -hmm. That is baseline, right? Those are things that we need to do to honor ourselves and our systems. So that's kind of like the thing that I really, like I got chills as I say that I'm like really passionate about offering that to HSPs, like self-care is not selfish. It is literally a necessity for you. And it's up to you. You know, it's hard sometimes to share that with other people. So it's up to you to build that into your lifestyle and your partnerships and your relationships and your friendships, family, things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going on a little bit of a, (laughs) going down my rabbit hole here. So Lisa, I'm going to throw it back to you (laughs) for any comments on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Like with both what both of you said and yeah, like on the self-care piece, it is 100% essential for us. There's this analogy that HSPs are like orchids and non-HSPs are more like dandelions. So like a non-HSP, they can pretty much grow in any environment. They don't need like specific water or sun. Like they're fine. They are good. They can run on little sleep and eat crappy food more easily. Not as big of a deal. HSPs are like orchids where have very specific needs. But when we do tend to those needs, you're, you can really bloom like an orchid is beautiful. And again, not saying non-HSPs are not beautiful. They are, but it's a different type of of way that they need to care for themselves compared to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think viewing it from that lens is really helpful because it's like, it's not like you're high maintenance for it. You just have different, your body just has different standards of things that it needs. And so when I started to view it kind of from that lens, it, I found it helpful because it was like, if I want to show up and feel good and perform well and things like that, like I literally have to take good care of myself. And it's hard for HSPs, especially those that are high achiever types. It can be hard to like hit the brakes, stop, like take a rest. So that was, that's definitely something I've struggled, struggled with and still work on is like, okay, when, when is enough enough? And I think that's where learning to be in touch with our body and like kind of using our body's signals as a compass is really helpful because your body will give you signals that I, it needs rest. Like for me, I always, if I'm doing too much, my stomach is the loudest thing. I will get a stomach ache. I will get um, tense shoulders, like maybe a headache. And it's like, okay, my body is screaming at me to, to take a rest. And of course you don't want it to get to that point. You want to be proactive and like, make sure you're taking good care of yourself before that. So what I always tell the HSP clients I work with is like, you have to put your armor on for the day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm huge on like morning routine, like setting yourself up so that no matter what happens in your day, like you have done practices that are like filling up your own cup. So whether it's like going for a walk in nature, doing yoga, meditating, gardening, whatever, like doing those things are so important for us to just feel fulfilled and taken care of. And 
yeah, and just having like that, those practices built into your life is, is so helpful because then we don't have to get to that point where we're like running on empty and we're, you know, getting sicker because we, we didn't slow down in time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so important. Yeah. It's interesting when you're talking about like the high achiever thing, I just want to mention, like I am a three on the Enneagram. So the high achiever, right. I'm a generator. (laughs) I am. What's the other one that I'm trying to think of? Oh, I'm an extrovert. So I'm like one of those people that I want to be around people. I want to be doing stuff all the time. I want to be doing it better than everybody else is doing it. (laughs) And, and like, And then I'm, you know, dying on the couch later and I can't figure out why, because I haven't figured out how to slow that down. So like, until I started to figure out how to slow that down, how, like, just for examples, for people listening, like for me, my periods usually kind of knock me out a little bit. So I try to slow down the few days before my period and the like day of my period. And Ben knows that as my partner, like I'm getting my period. I need to chill a little bit because it just, it, you know, attacks me or like with my migraines or, or even just like with my, with my Hashimoto symptoms. And I had to get past that high achiever, but also that like weakness, strong mentality of like, okay, everybody else can go to work with a cold. Everybody else can go to work with a headache. Everybody else can still work, even though, you know, they've been working a 10 hour day already, but I can't. And that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me a bad employee, a bad wife, a bad friend, a bad, whatever. It just means that I have to take care of myself in other ways. And if I want to do those things, then like what you're talking about, I need to be better at setting myself up for that kind of thing. And, and I think it's something that we talk about on this podcast a lot. Neither of you know this, but the podcast that'll be going up right before yours, Alyssa, we talk a lot about like when your body is sending you signals or is trying to send you information and you're not listening. And then she starts to scream because if you're not going to listen, she's going to make you listen or he, I guess, but for me, I'm, it's a she. Uh, (laughs) So like, you know, it's just, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just very interesting, like how important that is, I guess. And, and what, like for you, how did you start to learn to listen to your signals? How did you start to make changes in your life for, I mean, I guess when you're in a lot of pain, you kind of have to like figure it out because you don't want to be in that pain anymore. But like, how did you start to do that for you? Yeah. So like I was before seeing my holistic doctor, I was the same in that I was like popping ibuprofen. Like I, I think that was one of the reasons why my stomach got so bad. Cause I was taking tons of Prilosec like mm. every day and tons of ibuprofen, which is just like deteriorating your stomach lining. <laughs> yep. So that was like, yeah, I was like, that was my past. Mm-hmm. But as I was working with my holistic doctor and starting to understand how these like emotions were really like often underneath some of the symptoms I was experiencing, like, again, not all, cause there's like chronic illness is complicated, but in my case, right. a lot of the emotional stuff really triggered it. And so when I was kind of making these connections with him, it, it just opened my eyes and it, in working with him, I started to learn how to kind of make those connections for myself. So I, it was like trial and error. Like I would start to, I was journaling a lot. Like I was doing like a food journal and just like journaling my symptoms. And I would also like, remember what kind of day that I had experienced. And I was starting to notice the connection, like, okay, I was super busy all day. I didn't even get have time to take a lunch and my stomach was really bad this day. Mm -hmm. So I started to understand this connection, like stress, stomach ache, um, you know, for my head, like if I would, I used to get migraines a lot. And, you know, if I had a headache, I could kind of start to break it down. Okay. Is it hormones? Uh, no, I don't think it is this time. Oh, did you sleep enough? Nope. You only got six hours of sleep. That could be it. Maybe Mm -hmm. you didn't drink enough water, like things like that. I just started to kind of like test it out and try to give myself what I thought I might need and see if the symptoms went away or not. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of trial and error. And also it it required me to slow down enough to actually listen. So when I started introducing meditation into my life, it's like I was kind of clearing some of the clutter in my mind so that it made me like have more space to actually listen to myself 
because in the past I was just so anxious and I was always in survival mode. Like if I had a headache, it was just an annoyance and I wasn't like curious about what was beneath the surface. So I think it required, you know, like slowing down, like actually learning how to listen to myself and actually being open to the idea that like there could be some connection with my, with my health to the stress. And like, I kind of, I found it empowering that I personally could at least make the symptoms less strong or maybe make them go away. Like that to me, was like kind of exciting. So I like wanted to try and see, see what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like that trial and error is, and I think a lot of people just get to the point where like your body is screaming and you have to figure it out. I know that that's like kind of where I'm at now. And, and I've had, and everybody, all three of us, unfortunately will have waves in our health. Everybody will in their whole life. Um, and I think right now I'm in kind of a little downturn of my health. And I, so I've noticed more symptoms like trying to tell me something that I haven't quite figured out yet. So it's like trying, you, you know, throughout your life, you're going to have to switch things up and like, see, see what's working for you and what's not. Um, I'm curious for both of you. Cause I know Alyssa works with HSPs, but I know that I think you kind of do too. It, some mm-hmm. of your clients end up being HSPs. So obviously again, like we said, not everybody that has chronic illness is going to have, um, be an HSP, but the three of us are, <laughs> and I mean, I set this up, so I guess it's not or like a great um, survey of the amount of people, but I'm wondering, like, have you guys noticed a cor- correlation with people, maybe not with necessarily like an autoimmune disease, but people having like, um, you know, consistent headaches or like, just like chronic illness kind of pop up? Because I know when I said I was bringing you on the podcast and I put up one of your posts, I think I had like six people be like, yo, this really resonates with me. (laughs) So like, I, I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm interested in what you guys have seen. Yeah. Oh, do you want to go Matt or Ben? I called you Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That's our husband's name. It's fine. (laughs) I'm going to go because I'm, I want to tie in what we were just talking about to what I want to say. And then I, I know you'll be able to play off of this, Alyssa. Uh, like what you guys were just talking about there is what was coming up for me is like, it's a very HSP thing to an empath thing to look for sources of wisdom outside of ourselves Mm. and outside of our own bodies. So a big part of this, you know, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Like we have to trust ourselves enough to actually listen to our bodies and our body's wisdom. Uh, and so it's hard, right? It's difficult. And so Alyssa, you kind of mentioned the trial and error involved in that, but I just want to throw that in there. Like that's not a natural thing for HSPs to do because we're, we've, we've learned to not trust ourselves to self-abandon, to do things for others. And so, so much of that is external. So much of that is not inward And like, we already talked a little bit about going inward today. Like Alyssa, you were mentioning meditation, uh, journaling and being introspective and how that felt good for you. And, you know, us generally as HSPs. So that directly ties to my work and what I do. And usually why people come to me is, and this is my story too, right? Is like, I, I was working a corporate job. I was out of alignment. I dealt with a bunch of stress and anxiety through, college and going into my, you know, nine to five corporate job doing consulting work where I was being emailed at (laughs) 9 PM and expected to respond. Yeah. And, and so like, that was my moment of like my system shouting at me and just being like, this is just like, not the way that you were meant to live. And for me, my journey has a lot been around purpose and just feeling, and this is a very HSP thing. So Alyssa, if you want to kind of jump in on any of this, um, I'd love to hear kind of your, your thoughts on it, but I, I just didn't understand how to live <laughs> like on a daily basis, doing something that didn't feel aligned with me. And so I was sitting in the cubicle and just like, you know, got to a point where it's just like, what am I doing? Like I'm making money. I'm getting to the point, you know, very quickly, like out of college, making good money and stuff. And living this life that I thought I wanted. 
and I'm like, I'm not happy. I don't care about what I'm doing on a daily basis. Money's cool. It, sure. Like I can, I bought a couple of nice things. Great. Now, now what? <laughs> and so for me, I moved into, I moved into personal training and, but the reason was I was like, I want to help people. I want to do something that feels meaningful to me on a daily basis. I want to feel like I'm using my inherent gifts to impact people. I was like, I know I have so much to offer the world and I'm definitely not doing it sitting in this cubicle. And that's like my shtick to this day is like, you have so much to offer. Every human does, but I like, and like, kind of like Jesse mentioned, like, I don't, uh, it wasn't necessarily like a part of my marketing or my messaging initially to cater to like HSPs or empaths, but those are the type of people I attract because that's who I am. And that's mm. the way that I see the world and the way that I interact with my life and the things around me. And so for us as deep feeling individuals, we have to find a sense of purpose in our lives. It's just, and that doesn't mean to say like, you need to quit your job or you need to do, you know, totally change your life or go start your own business. Like, you know, the, the three of us are all on that journey in some way, but it does mean that you need to listen to that inner source of wisdom. And if there is that little voice that's telling you, this isn't right for me, I like, this doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm meant for more. I feel like I'm meant to be doing these other things. I like to be the validating source to say like, that is true. That is true. And the best thing you can possibly do is start to follow that. And I'll finish this by saying like, <laughs> as HSPs, we often tend to want the roadmap to things. We're very uh, like tend to be overthinkers and really want the safety of like a roadmap. But I would just, offer, you don't need all that to find your purpose. You just need to start taking steps in the right direction and you need to follow your energy. You need to follow your joy and you need to follow the things that are making you feel alive. So that's been my experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a couple thoughts, like first off when like just going back to the question, like are a lot of, have a lot of HSPs dealt with chronic illness or forget mm -hmm. how you worded it, but I know what you're asking. Um, it, at first, like when I, because the reason I even started blogging and the reason I even started my Instagram page was because I was learning so much about my experience, like moving through my, my digestive issues. And I was like getting so inspired and learning so much about myself that I just like wanted to share about it. I thought it was like very individual. I did not at that time understand that it was like my experience was a lot like a lot of other people's so as I started working with or like talking more solely about my sensitivity I started to see a correlation that so many other HSPs actually had a very similar story a lot of them did find out they were HSPs because of like getting burnt out and maybe developing a chronic illness of some sort definitely not always the case but there is, seems to be a huge correlation to that. Mm -hmm. I did a survey in my Instagram stories like a few days ago and I asked, cause my audience is like all HSPs and I asked mm -hmm. like, have you ever experienced a chronic illness? And I forget how many people answered. I want to say like maybe two or 300 people responded and there was like 80% yes. So mm -hmm. it, that's just like one like sampling of people, but it seems to be there's often a correlation also like sensitive people have more um, tend to have more access to like the somatic experience. Like the, we're just very visceral. So a lot of times we're going to be more aware of changes in our body and just, you know, it just impacts us more than, than less sensitive people. Mm -hmm. And then the piece on like finding your purpose and like being more in alignment, that's huge. Like when because I started blogging and like got back into writing. I used to love to write. And then I like, I stopped because I got a corporate job and it just like didn't fit into the job description. But when I started my blog, it was purely for fun and purely because I loved to write and my anxiety like dropped, like working mm -hmm. with my doctor, meditating and things like that, like were helping my anxiety a ton. But like, I noticed such a huge shift when I was expressing myself because that's like so important. And it, I, it, I was finding something on the side that was very meaningful to me. So 
it really was like a huge game changer for me. So I completely agree. Like whether it's your career, whether it's like a hobby or a cause that you're really passionate about, I think it is important for sensitive people to have that deep sense of meaning and purpose in their lives. Like for everyone, for sure. But like, I think especially for HSPs to be in alignment, it it impacts everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and like both of you said, it doesn't necessarily need to be like, your job, you know, you don't have to quit your job and like start a business because let me tell you, it's not always fun, but (laughs) like, but like it can be something like writing or playing an instrument or volunteering at a dog shelter, dog shelter. It's an animal shelter. I care. Apparently I only care about dogs. Just kidding. But (laughs) you know, there's so many things that you can do be a mom. Like, you know, there's so many different things and you can have multiple purposes, you know, there's just so many things that you can do that you can incorporate into your life. And I think even like those listening with, with chronic illness who maybe are like, I don't think I'm an HSP. Like, I think it's still important for you to, to like, to do things that, that, you know, make you feel your best. I think that that's, that's really important. And actually that winds me right into one of my favorite questions to ask my guests, which is what are a few things that you like to do every day or most of the time that keep you feeling your best? Mm. So like I've mentioned a few times, like meditating is like huge for me to feel my best. There's definitely some mornings where I'm like, eh, I don't want to do this, but I notice a huge shift in my, the way my day goes when I do versus when I don't just having that time to like kind of drop back in and be with myself is really, really huge. So that's one thing that's a must for me. Also, like I'm learning just having time to just like be like, not it. I used to get really obsessed with self-development to a point where it was like too much. And I was always like, what do I need to improve? What's wrong with me? And that actually was like, not great. So I have found it essential to just have times. I'm like watching the real housewives. I'm like, watching random stuff. I'm reading a book for fun, like things like that I've found are actually essential for me to stay grounded because I think, you know, it's a great thing to like be introspective and do that work. Like I'm a huge advocate. It's changed my life, but in order for me to feel like well-rounded and like good in my life, I have to like, just go out and live and like enjoy myself and not be like always thinking about like what needs to be fixed. Cause then you're just never satisfied. Right. So those are a couple of things. It's like, I'm big on balance even mm-hmm. with, yeah, just with everything balance is big to me. Yeah. I think that that's so huge. And it's so, it's so helpful. And anybody that's listening to that, I think that that ties into when you're dealing with like a chronic illness or a chronic symptom or something like that is like having other things to focus on, to do that don't necessarily convert to healing (laughs) like, and it probably will help with healing, you know, in the end. But, but when you go into something, I'm, I have a very similar story with like reading and writing and things like that, where like it, when it became something that I felt like I had to do because it was something for work, or I was reading self-help books because I, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to be better. I like, it just got to the point where it was, that was burning me out more than my work was. And so now I'm reading like, this like smut books, <laughs> like that, you know, I'm reading like fiction books, right? I always say nonfiction when I mean fiction. So it, I just said it correctly today, fiction books and things like that, that like take me, which I used to do when I was little, because it would take me into this world that was outside of myself. And, and it's similar with like, well, meditation brings you inside of yourself, but still in the same way, it's taking you outside of everything else that's happening around you. And instead of being like, okay, I need to read all of the books on like, you know, am like, how do I get rid of this illness? Or like, how do I, you know, become a better HSP or how do I become a whatever empath? And instead of that, just being like, I'm going to read this because it looks fun, or I'm going to go for a walk because it feels good. And those things will, the more you do them, the more they'll add up and the better you will feel. And I have a very good feeling that that will also help on your healing journey. Will it heal you forever? Maybe not, but like, it'll help. And I think that we're all looking for those like little things that we can grasp onto that will help. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say, especially because the, the purpose thing is like so much a part of my world. And, you know, a lot of people will either ask me or just like in general, people are like, oh, well, how do I find my purpose? And it's like, 
<laughs> stop making it this big thing right. and just try to get more back in touch with yourself and who you are. Cause like, that's the thing that you guys are both kind of talking about there, at least as I heard it was like doing things that were more you. Mm. And so it's like meditating or like, or you guys, you know, let's say you're talking about writing, Jesse, you're talking about reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's like, you guys, you guys both know, like, I just love my football stuff. Like mm-hmm. I could sit there and read that stuff. And he does. Forever. <laughs> yeah. And I do. Um, I could, you know, be out in nature. I go mm-hmm. frisbee golfing. I used to go fishing all the time, mm-hmm. but it's, it's these things that you can lose yourself in and, but, but not in a, you know, very different than like binging Netflix or, or a coping mechanism, like alcohol or drugs or something like that. And again, I'm not blanking statement meaning any, like any of those things being like bad, you shouldn't do them or use them at all. Everything in moderation. (laughs) Um, But I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's what happens when we feel like we have to give like trigger warnings I, for everything that it, we say. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so worried about this. I can't <laughs> just focus on this. Um, lo- but losing yourself by, by being so in the moment, mm-hmm. instead of disassociating, it's like, you're just really coming into the moment so fully and so intensely And that I believe is always going to bring you back to you is going to help you find your purpose or move in the direction of that. And Jesse, like you were saying, I absolutely think that that is healing. I think that, you know, if we're talking about healing, healing is becoming more whole, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what we're, we're talking about. So like you said, it's not going to necessarily be the only thing you need, but it can only help. And I truly believe that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alyssa, what is, and this might be a little too generic of a question, but what is like, I guess one of your favorite tips that you feel yourself giving the most about being or to an HSP. And then maybe also like if someone's listening that just heard the word HSP for the first time and they're like, Holy heck, I think that I might be this, where would you recommend that they get started to learn a little bit more? Yeah. You can pitch yourself too. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, um, the one, the piece of advice or like what I would tell people is that you can take ownership of your experience because a lot of highly sensitive people, and I used to be this way, will feel like victims of the world around them. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, being sensitive is hard. It sucks. No one gets me. I feel so misunderstood. And so, I've actually found it incredibly empowering to turn it back to myself and see like what, where can I take ownership over my experience? And so what that looks like is, you know, learning how to set boundaries, because when you have boundaries around yourself, then other people know how to treat you better because you're teaching them what's acceptable and what is not. That's taking ownership over your experience. You're not just like at the whim of everyone else or how, you know, having the morning practice. That's another way because You can't control what is thrown at you during the day. You're going to have maybe a crazy boss or whatever, but if you can take ownership over parts of your own experience, it's huge. And so that's like the main, like underlying thing. I always want HSPs to know because it's so disempowering to be like, oh, well, we'll see how today goes. Like, hopefully no (laughs) one pisses me off. It's like, no. Right. So that's huge. Um, And then, yeah, if you just found out you're an HSP, I mean, yeah, I have a lot of content on my page, Life by Alyssa on my Instagram, but I would also say, go to hsperson.com, take that self test. It's so interesting to learn your score. And I would also recommend the book, the highly sensitive person, which is written by Dr. Elaine Aaron, who, and that's her website I'm referring to. Like that book is like a Bible for HSPs. And I would recommend every person reads that. Mm -hmm. And finally, I always encourage HSPs to be in community with each other, because I think like all of us talking, like, we can understand each other. There's no judgment. There's no shame. And so I think that's really, really, really important. That's why I like, I created a membership community for HSPs. It's not open now, but it will be sometime next year. I also have a free Facebook group. So there's like different ways you can be around others who get it. And that's, that in itself is very healing as well. Yeah. 
We'll link all of those things, but can you just one more time mention them, like where they can find your, your Facebook group and your Instagram and website and stuff? Yeah. So if you just go to my Instagram page, Life by Alyssa, all of these links are in my Instagram bio. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to find all of the things. I also have like a quiz. I have a meditation. So there's lots of like HSP goodies in there that you can find. Yeah. Love that. So either one of you, is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? I just want to reiterate, like, if you're hearing the term HSP for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I just want to reiterate, like, you're perfect the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to change yourself. Like, you don't need to change your sensitivity. You don't need to be less sensitive. You just need to learn how to work with it and learn how to embrace it and see it as as a gift, which takes time, but it's completely possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have Mm. anything? Are you good? Yeah. Benjamin doesn't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. No. Yeah. I mean, you basically said it there, Alyssa, just like really coming back to yourself. And I guess the one thing I will say is that, see, I always have something. All right. I know Uh, it. (laughs) The one thing I will say is like, like full transparency, like even for me, I've had like a deeper shift into embracing my HSP-ness uh, in the Oh, that past. sounds weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we, edit, are we editing yeah. that out? <laughs> I didn't realize I was like, oh, weird. HSP-ness? HSP-N-E-S-S. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> so it's, it's fun doing this with friends. Uh, is like really, truly embracing about that about yourself. Like I've known this about myself, but I didn't really fully let myself like, like, I don't know, sink into that, like let that sink into me. And I've just spent a lot of time and even the past couple of months, uh, really kind of grieving my experience as a child that, that didn't feel like, like I didn't have that, that seen and heard, right. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't experience that. And just having so much compassion because I love who I am. I, I really, really do. And so I just giving like so much compassion to that like little boy that I was like visualizing um, is incredibly, incredibly healing. And in, in my opinion, and to fully back Alyssa, the best place that you can start to do this, if not start and finish or be on the entire journey is to do this in community. Uh, in my experience, it's nearly impossible to do without. So, um, mm-hmm. definitely a huge, huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this whole, whole space is about for sure. And I, like, I just want to say to everybody that's out there, like, I, I think I just have like solidified and come to terms with the fact that I'm an HSP, like in the last six months, like it's something that, that I think, has really helped me understand myself a little bit better. Like we've all talked about today and it has really helped, um, not necessarily with my, it hasn't helped me heal by any means at this point, but I think that it will. And I think the more that I, I kind of dig into this stuff, the more that some of these like unknown symptoms that I'm still dealing with are, are understandable, you know, or like, I'm, I understand why I feel the way that I do when I'm in a big room of people and why that will take all my energy, even as an extrovert, like, you know, so there's just all of these things that I think those of us with chronic illness sometimes are just like always trying to find out what's wrong with us. And I think that this can just be a really helpful tool to understand ourselves a little bit more. And like Alyssa said, her, her last statement of like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like it, this is just something that can kind of help you understand yourself a little bit better on your journey. But I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much. And I think this will be super helpful to our listeners. I know a bunch of you on Instagram already were super interested to, to understand a little bit more. And I highly recommend um, following Alyssa. I was also in her group and loved it. So like, um, make sure that you check those things out, but thank you again for being on the podcast today. Yay. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Yeah. Thanks, Alyssa. (laughs) You bet. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.